Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Thank you, Lord. We're going to go right into the Word. I got a lot to um, serve you today with, and um, just be praying for me as we um, share this Word um, from heaven. Um, today, we're, we're going to continue our series, Unmasking Satan. Get your Bibles out. I got lots and lots of scriptures for days. But um, we, we won't probably cover all the scriptures, but we'll have them available at some point throughout the seven weeks. I want to also encourage you, um, if you have any questions as it relates to the subject, hold your questions, write down your questions, and we'll cover them if we don't cover them in the series, we'll cover them at the end, the last session, and answer questions as it relates to Satan, all right? So you may have questions, write them down somewhere where you can find them, locate them at the last service of this series, and then we'll, we'll actually um, answer those questions if we have not already answered them. There's going to be some interesting things today as we talk about this, unmasking Satan Deliver us from evil. That's my subject title. Deliver us from evil. Everybody say, deliver us from evil. Come on, say it like you mean it. Deliver us from evil. Okay, again, hold your questions, write them down, and we'll come back to them. If we don't cover them um, in these next six weeks, we'll come back at the last session and open up for Q&A, all right? Here we go. We're about to go. We have to do this thing, all right? I've been praying for this service throughout the week, and I'm preparing. I was praying this morning um, while I was at work while you were asleep, <laughs> some of y'all. And, um, and I believe the Lord got something for us special. And I, I want you to, and, and, and this is, I'm not, I'm just hearing my heart. Pace yourself. If you got to use the bathroom, use it, but try not to move as much. Um, this subject is very, um, Satan doesn't like this subject, Okay. So if you feel like you're uncomfortable and you want to get up and run, know that it's the devil. Um, if you feel uncomfortable, I, I'm not preaching about anybody specifically in this church. So don't think, don't get offense and say, oh, that you're talking about me because you know my situation. Not necessarily. So I, I just want you to hear the word of the Lord. This is from the Bible. And I don't, I did not have you in mind when I was preaching this in the sense of your specific situation. Um, so keep that in mind. Say, I will not, I will not. get offended. What I hear today. Okay, are y'all ready? You, you said that. Now let's go for it. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I come boldly before your throne of grace as your son and as your slave. I choose to be a slave of Jesus and a slave of yours, God. And I thank you for choosing me. You, I didn't choose you, but you chose me. I didn't love you. You love me. And as a result of you loving me, I love you back. Thank you for calling me into this office as a pastor, a teacher, and these ministry gifts that you have placed within my heart and the gifts of the Spirit. I operate out of that grace and out of that purpose, out of that calling, and I step fully in the, into that office of a teacher and of a pastor to these, your people. I pray that this, this ministry, these ministry gifts, the ministry office will be in full, full blast today like it's never been before. And even stepping into that other office that you've called me to, God, I'm so yielded to you. I've never been as yielded to you 
as I am right now, and I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for the lives that you're going to save and rescue from the living um, hell of the enemy. And I thank you for giving us wisdom that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices, but we understand that he is an enemy of ours, and that but Jesus, who is our Savior, is bigger than he is. The Holy Spirit inside of us is greater than he is, and I thank you, therefore, we have no reason to fail or to be defeated in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 6. It's a familiar scripture. If you have your Bibles, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Someone to make sure you, you get it. Matthew chapter 6, I'm reading out of ESV. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. This is my text, uh, my foundation. And this is part of the Lord's Prayer. Um, the Lord's Prayer is something that you should memorize, you should know. Um, here we go. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, the Greek actually says, deliver us from the evil one. Okay? So he, Jesus is teaching us to pray, lead us not into temptation. Don't lead us into a, a, a tempting us to do evil, but deliver us from the evil or the evil one. But other foundation is Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. Thank you, Lord, for utterance. Thank you for ministry gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge like never before, the prophetic. Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself, who is he talking about? Jesus, who gave himself for our what? Sins. Um, God gave Jesus for us, um, and, and Jesus gave himself for us for our sins, to what? To deliver us from this present or the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom we glory forever and ever. Amen. So we see here once again that um, God wants us, um, God had in mind for us to be delivered from this evil presence, or this present evil, this present age. Now last week we talked about Satan, how Satan became Satan. Satan was Lucifer based on Isaiah 14. Ezekiel 28, check it out, read it when you get a chance. He was an archangel at one point. He led worship. He actually um, led a rebellion against God. A third of the angels was um, submitted unto his leadership, and they decided to rebel against God. Let's go over there real quick. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. And verse 3 says this, And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads um, and ten horns, and on his head uh, had seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman and goes on and talks about her birth and so forth. This is talking about Satan, that Satan took one-third of the angel stars of heaven with him. And we also talked about how in Luke chapter 10 that Jesus saw Satan like a, um, like a lightning thrown out of heaven. And so we know from Ezekiel and we know from Luke and we know from Revelation 12 that Satan was thrown out of heaven. Here's the perfect environment. So don't be surprised when there is the perfect environment that Satan moves. I'm talking about the presence of God, the word of God, the movings of God. Satan is at work when God is at work. 
all right? And so we see that heaven was the perfect environment. There was no sin in heaven. And yet he was able to conceive sin in his heart and bring one-third of the angels with him. Tell Trey he can come in and let the baby cry. It's good with me, all right? We need to get used to babies crying because our church is growing, exploding with growth, not only um, naturally, I mean, with people, but also with babies. And so we need to be welcoming to babies. Can you imagine Jesus teaching on the mountain and there were babies crying? That was a beautiful sight. What a better place to cry than in church, right? This is a good place to cry. Let's go real quick, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. So don't give people an evil eye if the babies are crying, okay? It's all good. It's all good. Let it be on the SoundCloud, Spotify. Let, let the world hear babies crying. It's a beautiful thing. If babies don't cry, then there's something wrong, right? <laughs> so that's a good thing. So every time you hear a baby cry, thank you, Lord, for the baby. That's what you can do, all right? So I don't want the parents to feel like, oh, I got to go out because he's teaching. I love the cry. I love the cry. Well, they don't, I can't hear. Get the SoundCloud. <laughs> Download the link. Okay, first, five, first John chapter 5, verse 19. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in what? In the power or darkness of who? The evil one. So the world is under the influence of Satan. The world is under the influence of Satan. So here we go. There are three types of churches. Okay, I'm going to talk about three types of churches. There are three types of churches. Everybody say three types. Okay, there is, when it comes to the devil, this is one, um, one church, one of uh, all churches fall into one of these categories when it comes to Satan. The first church is called the, mil um, the militant church, the militant church. Um, you know, um, in one aspect of the scripture, it talks about us being the army of the Lord, right? We are army of the Lord, right? We're, in the so we're soldiers of the Lord, right? It talks about that, right? So with this church, the militant church, it depicts a body of believers who are not yet seated in heavenly places in Christ, but yet they're still battling to gain the victory over an enemy that hasn't been defeated yet by the Lord Jesus Christ. You hear this in people saying, um, there's a war in the heavenlies. Um, there are songs about going up into the heavenlies and doing warfare and, doing, and binding the devil. People renting planes and going over certain areas to bind the principalities. And, and you, you hear this um, like, like a war, like we're, we're doing a war cry and we're doing all these things and, and we're, we're going to defeat the enemy and we're going to go into his territory and tear down his kingdom. That sounds good, but it's unscriptural. It's unscriptural. No one in the scripture really talks about you going into the devil's territory and taking back what's yours and defeated the enemy. That, that's not in the Bible. That's not Bible. Everybody got quiet. Y'all like, I'm doing them souls. Okay, let's go to the second church. The second church is defeated church. The defeated church. This particular church, this church gives us a picture of the church which is ignorant of the fact that they are seated with Christ and they're supposed to be reigning in life through Jesus Christ, the Son. And they're never, they never use their authority that they already possess. These believers are always raging war, a, a, a raging war against the wiles of the enemy. Um, they're always in a constant uh, state of failure and defeat. We shall overcome one day. That's that mindset. We're going to overcome. 
So, so that is a defeated, oh, child, you know, I want to give head, um, I want to give testimony. Um, I want to give thanks to the head of my life, who's Christ. And I want to thank God for my bishop and my pastor, my apostle, my prophet, my priest. And I, I, I want to thank God. And, and, you know, I was with the devil last night and he had me on the run. Um, uh, the devil got me on the run. And, and I just pray those who know the word of prayer to pray my strength in the Lord. You've heard that, right? All right. Um, that is a defeated person. Uh, if, if the devil got you on the run, you're defeated. <laughs> because it really should be the other way around. All right, let's go to the third church. The third church is the triumphant church. Everybody say the triumphant church. This is the biblical perspective uh, of the body of Christ um, that is seated in heavenly places in Christ, far above all principalities and powers. The triumphant church um, portrays a body of believers who all who not only knows that they don't, they don't only know their authority in Christ, but they exercise their authority in Christ. They are actually reigning in life through Jesus over Satan, a defeated foe. So this body of believers is enforcing the defeat of the devil, not trying to get it. Jesus has already defeated the devil. You don't have to defeat the devil. We're not to fight the devil. Did you know that? Did you know that? We're not to fight the devil. Nowhere does it talk so, tell us to fight the devil. We're to fight the good fight of faith. We're fighting for what we believe in. We're fighting to stand in faith against the enemy. We're not, to def we're, we're not defeating the devil. We're enforcing, enforcing his defeat. We're reminding him of his past. So when Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his past. On Jesus, on the cross, Jesus defeated you. On the third day, he was raised from the dead, and he cut your head and, and, and spoiled your principalities and stripped you of your powers and gave it to the church, which I'm a part of. That is the triumphant church, and that's the church that we are part of. Amen. So here we go. Let's talk about these demons, evil spirits. Now, what I'm about to share with you, we cannot prove it 100% in Scripture, but you cannot unprove it. There are more hints about it than there are ignorance about it. Are you with me? So what I'm about to share is my dad sat me down shared this with me as a teenager, and I'm like, I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> so I'm going to share with you some things about potentially where these evil spirits came from. And then we're going to go through a few scriptures that kind of gives us a hint. Now, Satan was called Lucifer before his fall from heaven. He became Satan after his fall. He's no longer Lucifer. So don't refer to him as Lucifer. That was his God-given name. But he became a perverted version of Lucifer. He fell, check this out, and he caused humanity to fall. Satan will assure your fall if you follow him. Amen. He fell. He tempted the, the, the humanity to fall, and they fell. And if we follow Satan, then we'll fall. Amen. All right? That's the revelation I got today. I thought it was kind of, ooh, that's good. All right, let's talk about the origin of demons, devils, and evil spirits. Um, it's not clear. Sometimes people call it demons, and sometimes they call it evil spirits. The Bible talks about Sometimes the Bible calls unclean spirits. Um, uh, sometimes people try to make the difference between unclean spirits and all unclean, all evil spirits are unclean. So it doesn't mean that there's a specific, uh, you'll see this often throughout scripture. Now, 
Some scholars believe, listen to me with an open heart and an open mind. Some scholars believe that a million years ago, a million years, um, there, there's a big gap between Genesis 1 and chapter 1, verse 1, and verse chapter 1, verse 2. Let's go over there. Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and verse 2. Let's, let's look at this. In the beginning, how many know that God, there's no beginning to God, right? He, he's, he's, he's always been. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let's look at verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And it goes on talks about the Spirit of God being over the, the water and waiting for the Lord to say something. So here we see, how many know that God is perfect? Everything he does is perfect. So why is there in verse 2 where it says the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep? God does not make things that are void. He does not make anything dark. Okay? So we see that there is, this is why we believe, right, as Christians, most of us believe, and scholars, people who live their lives and dedicate their lives to interpreting and translating the scriptures, believe that there were a million years between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Now, this would kind of give us insight into the prehistorical animals, such as dinosaurs, right? If we believe that the earth is 6,000 years old, right, then where did these animals come from, all right? And so there is a, a hint to something, so this, can, this, this will be able to explain this prehistorical animals. Um, some um, believe that there have been an original earthly kingdom before the creation recorded in Genesis chapter 1. Let me say that again. Some believe there could be an original earth, earthly kingdom before the creation recorded in Genesis 1. The evil spirits that are here on the earth today could have been part of that original pre-Adamic I said pre-Adamic, pre-Adamic kingdom. Many scholars believe before the flood, a pre-Adamic kingdom existed. This is also to explain, again, the dinosaurs and different animals that once lived on the earth. So we do know this from 1 Corinthians, that there were no men or humans on the earth prior to the first creation. Because the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 15, that it talks about that Adam was the first man. Okay, the first man. So there was another race. There's some hints to another race, another creation prior to Adam. All right. Well, where, where do you get this from? Okay. One of the things we can look down. Okay, Genesis. Since we were Genesis one, go to Genesis chapter one, and let's look at um, verse twenty-eight. And God blessed them, and God said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish." King James says. Fill the earth and subdue it, okay? And so replenish means to fill it up again. One, that was something that was once there. It just, in ESV, uh, which is not the greatest translation when it comes to that right there, it, it actually, it says fill the earth. It actually means refill it or replenish the earth again. So there was something here prior to Adam. All right, um, um, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 45 talks about the first man, Adam. So we know that Adam was the first man, but whatever this creation was or creatures were prior to Adam, they were here. Some, there's some kind of hints to it. Um, the other possibility 
where we get evil spirits from, could be taken from um, um, Luc- the, um, the angels that fell with Lucifer. I happen to believe that these angels are not on the earth, the fallen angels. And this is the reason why I believe this. Go to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter chapter 2, and let's look at verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, it says this, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. So there are some type of angels in hell right now in chains. So I personally believe that these are the angels that went with Lucifer. So the evil spirits, I believe, are not fallen angels. Now, some believe that this is talking about when angels went into the sons of men and the daughters of men and produced um, giants or, you know, um, so forth. And I don't want to get into that right now, but, um, but I believe that this is referring to those angels who rebel against God. Remember, you're going to keep your questions to the end of the session. <laughs> uh, not today, but to the end of the six weeks. I know I can see it. What about this? What about this? Right now, don't flood me. Don't email me. I'm not going to ignore it. Don't text me. I'm not going to answer right now. All right. Because oh, <laughs> I may answer it in the midst of this. All right, so let's take a look at this. Satan's names reveal his nature and character. Let's look at this. One is adversary. First Peter 5, 8 talks about um, that the, the enemy goes around like a roaring, um, the adversary goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, the adversary. Then we know from John 10, 10, Right? I can provide this later because I'm going fast because I got a lot of scripture. Um, John 10 10 talks about the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so J- Jesus is referred to Satan as a thief. Satan is a thief. He's constantly still stealing. Mark 4, he steals the word for those who don't understand it. Satan will steal. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then John 8 44, John chapter 8, verse 44 talks about Satan is, the, is a murderer and he's a liar. He's the, actually the father of lies. And then in Revelations 12.10, Revelations 12.10, I'll repeat it twice so you can write it down. He is the accuser of the brothers. He accuses us before God. Satan will accuse you. So whenever people are accusing you of something, they are being used by the enemy. Accusers of the brothers and sisters. Revelations 12.9 tells us that Satan is the deceiver. One of his name is the deceiver. He deceives people. And then 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14, he is considered the angel of light, the angel of light. He appears as the angel of light. Then as you know, we, um, the prince of the world. Um, Jesus often referred to Satan as the prince of the world. The prince of this world comes and he finds nothing in me. He has no claim in us. Let's go over that real quick. John chapter 12. It's actually John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 8. But also John chapter 12, verse 31 is another reference. John 16, verse 8. Let's look at it real quick. John, and this is a good prayer for you to pray for yourself. John chapter 16, verse 8. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Yes. Amen. Um, John chapter 8, um, 16, verse 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, 
um, and uh, um, and righteousness and judgment. Okay, yes. Um, he will come when he comes talking about the Holy Spirit. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse nine concerning sin because they do not believe in him. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Verse eleven concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judge. And so Satan is considered to be the ruler of the power of the prince of the world. Uh, let's look at verse eleven. John 16, verse 11. Okay, I just read that. I'm sorry. Um, let's go real quick to John 14. John 14, verse 30. John chapter 14, verse 30. This is a very good one. I will no longer talk with much with you, for the rule of the world is coming. And look at the next part. He has no claim on me. Does Satan have claim on you? Has, is there a door in which you have opened up that Satan has claim on you? Is there anything in your life, don't answer me, is, is there anything in your life that he can pull on? That's what Jesus said. The, the prince of the world, the ruler of this world comes and he has nothing on me. He can accuse me. It's one thing for Satan to accuse us of something that we have actually did, right? But if you repent it, you have an advocate with the Father who will say, wait a minute, they repent it, the blood is applied to them. Okay. They overcome by the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb. So you testify on what the blood has done for you. I did it, but the blood made me righteous. <laughs> right? That's what you do. So if you're guilty, Jesus dropped the charges. He dropped the charges. Case dismissed. Peace out, Satan. He comes and he has no claims on me. The blood. As long as I walk in the light as he is the light, the blood of Jesus continually cleanses me. Without me even praying and asking for forgiveness, there is a forgive, there's a cleansing power to those who will walk in the light. You don't believe that I have scripture. First John chapter 1. Come on, let's go there. First John chapter 1. We go. First John chapter 1. Now, I'm not saying you don't need to ask for forgiveness. Right? Don't, don't take the way that like, he said not to ask for forgiveness. No, no. I'm just talking about that fellowship. Um, that ongoing fellowship. Verse, first John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And what, what happens? And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But if we sin, right, it goes on and talks about if we confess our sins, he's faithful in just verse 9, um, and, and he'll forgive us of all our sins. But if we continue to walk in the light, whenever we sin, we walk in darkness. But if we walk in the light and if we, there are sins of omission and of commission, God cleanses us as we continue to walk with him. Every day you don't have to sin. Let me say that again. That just set somebody free. Every day you don't have to sin. Every day you don't have to sin. Every day you don't have to sin. You don't have, no, 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 no. Every day you don't have to sin. I know you've been told that you sin every day. Who told you that? Who told you that you sin every day? That empowers you to sin. That license you to sin. But if you'll walk with him every day, he'll reveal to you where you missed it. And you repent and you keep walking. But you don't have to sin every day. You don't have to cuss every day. You don't have to, you don't have to use words that tear down somebody's character, slander, gossip, whatever the case may be. You, you don't have to sin every day. You walk with him and you talk with him. You live in a constant mode of prayer. And you're constantly thinking about 
winning the loss, and you're constantly thinking about the kingdom of God, and you're constantly, about working, constantly thinking about working unto the Lord, and you're constantly thinking about how do you can live holy. I was with Mom Graham the other day, and, and just such holiness, such holiness with her. Just such, I mean, I, I sat in her living room, and, and I sensed such holiness. It made me want to cry out for more of God. Just being in a woman in God's presence. She said, and when I got saved, I asked the Lord to save me to the bone. I said, my God, what if we had conversions like that today? Amen. It seems like people get saved and then they slip and they go back. Not that people, babies don't make mistakes, but there is a seriousness about that call, salvation. Amen. Here we go. And so this tells us that if we walk in the light as he's the light, the blood cleanses us. And so and the last name of Satan that I want to bring attention to is the God of this world of the God of this world system. And you're familiar with that, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. And so Satan is called the God of this world. Everybody say, Satan is, is the God of this world. Can y'all put that scripture on the board real quick, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. It says, it's a familiar scripture. If our gospel is veiled, it's veiled from those who do not believe whom the God of this world has blinded. And so Satan is the God of this world. The word, another word for God, little g, another word for God is ruler. Satan is the ruler of this world. At one point, Adam was the ruler of this world. Listen to me very carefully. Adam was the ruler or God of this world. Some people, oh, no, you call us little gods? Not little deities, but just little rulers. Um, and Jesus is the Lord of lords, right? Little Lord, right? Sarah called Abraham Lord. Courtney calls Petey Lord, all right? So little Lord, not big Lord. All right, sometimes she's praying like, Lord. Yes, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to big, big Lord. Uh, true story. Uh, little Lord. And we see that God made um, um, Adam a vice regent or a, 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 a ruler. Um, Psalm 8 talks about um, that what is man that you're mindful of him, that you have made even um, 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 overseer of your, the handiworks of your hand. And so we see that God has made man ruler on the earth. And when Adam disobeyed God, he transferred his authority to Satan and Satan became the God of this world. Are you with me? Satan got his authority from Adam, but Jesus came to restore that authority. And now those in Christ Jesus, according to Romans 5, 17, that we are to reign in life through the one who died for our sins. We're to reign as kings and as priests in this world. Amen. And so Satan got his authority from Adam. Adam gave up his authority. He forfeited his authority when he disobeyed God. And when you disobey God, you forfeit your authority. All right, here we go. Um, and so Adam forfeited his authority to Satan when he sinned and disobeyed God and obeyed Satan. Whenever we sin, we are obeying Satan. All right, how do you know this? Go to Luke chapter 4 real quick. Let me just show you some evidence of this. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, and let's look at real quick verses 1 and 2. It says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned to Jordan, was led by the Spirit um, into the wilderness <laughs> for 40 days, being tempted by who? The devil. the devil. Who tempts us? Not God. Don't say, God tempted me today. No, Satan. The Bible tells us in James chapter 1. I'm going fast, but I want you to catch it. James, you're smart. Say, I'm smart. I'm, smart. I'm, sharp. I'm sharp. I'm bright. I'm, 
I learned things 10 times quicker than the average person. So you, you're smart. You're smart. God said he made Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 10 times smarter in math and science than the world. Okay? And so don't say, oh, you're going too fast. Your mind is fast. It's quick. It's sharp. You've got a sharp mind. Amen. Amen. I got a lot of material, so I got so much to cover. Here we go. Um, so we see that Satan tempted Jesus. He said, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. Even Jesus was hungry, right? And the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Here's Jesus quoting the word to Satan. This is how you and I defeat the devil, by the word. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, to you, I will give you this authority and their glory. Notice this, that Satan is not lying here. He actually does have authority in the glory of this world. What does it say next? For it has been delivered to who? To me, and I give it to whom I will. Notice that, that Satan does have power. He has authority in this world. I, I give all this authority in their glory, for it has been delivered to me. Satan, Adam delivered this authority to Satan, and Satan says, I give it to whom I will. If you then will sit down and worship me, and goes on and talks about that, and, um, and so forth. So you, you see that, that this authority was delivered to Satan. Y'all see that, right? So let's talk about what does his authorities, his, his dominion include. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Yes, you better preach. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says this. Ephesians chapter 6 verse, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, I thought we didn't fight devils. Come on, let's look at it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic, cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, or in the heavenly places. So it's, there is three heavens. First, um, 2 Corinthians actually talks about three heavens. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 through 4 Paul says, I was caught up in, um, in the third heavens. So the third heaven is where God lives, heaven, earth. I mean, heaven, that's where heaven is. You have the first heaven. You look up to the sky, that's the first heaven. Then the heavens above that, out past outer space, is the second heaven, second heaven. And then the third heaven is where God dwells. Satan is the ruler in the second heavens. His, notice, we read that, verse 12. It says, and we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against rulers, against authorities, and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Are you seeing that, right? In heavenly places. And it talks about putting on the armor of God. And so we have here um, three heavens. Satan's dominion includes the second heaven on to the first heaven into this earth. Um, and so, so we, we, when we talk about Satan and his, ruler, his rulership, we're talking about he doesn't rule in heaven. He rules on um, the second heaven and the first. And we see from the scripture, Matthew 18, it says, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Right? You remember that scripture? Matthew 18, 18? Whether you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. It's not talking about heaven where God lives at. It's talking about where the heavenlies, 
where Satan is ruling. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in the second heavens. Okay, there was a, a man, I don't have time to go there, we'll, we'll maybe dive into it later, not today. <laughs> Daniel, man of God, was praying, and the Bible says um, he prayed, but what happened? Um, the, the moment he prayed, the answer was sent, but what happened? What interrupted? There was a demon, an evil spirit, that the angel wrestled with, in order to get the answer, but 21 days later, the answer manifested. So there is a, a if we can say war, there is um, satanic forces that are trying to hinder the will of God. Paul often says, I tried to come to you, but Satan hindered me. Here's the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. How could Satan hinder the Apostle Paul? Because his authority is on the earth. There are things that happen that we don't have authority over, right? We don't have control over. Give you an example. Um, there are things that happen in this world. We have authority over our world or over our influence, but I don't have authority. I have authority here at KLM, but not over every church. You with me? You have authority over your family, but not everybody's family. Are you with me? You can't go over and say, okay, I'm going to believe God for healing for this person. And then it doesn't happen. You are looking crazy. No, because that person, whoever has that authority in that household has that authority. You don't have authority over them or over their will. So you got to know your place, right? And so there are things that happen. Um, um, Satan hindered Paul from going places to places. There are persecutions that was released on Paul. Everywhere he went, he would preach, and then people would get upset. Uh, there was a devil that would stir up the people, and they would get mad, and they would take bricks, and they would beat him. They would stone him, put him in prison. Everywhere the man went, that means he was caring. This is the thorn in the flesh. A lot of times people want to say, it's an eye disease. No, no, no. If you got hit with big rocks, I'm sure your eye is not going to be straight, <laughs> right? Are you with me? They put them in a pit, little pit, and they threw rocks, big rocks, stones, and they stoned the man. They left him for dead, and the resurrected power of God quickened him, causing him to raise back up. He was shipwrecked. There was many times he would be on the ship, and sometimes the Lord would warn him, says, you know, um, if you'll do what I say, um, no one will be harmed. But there's, there's much attacks that's coming to this ship. Why? It's because of the, the abundance, listen to this, the abundance a revelation, the abundance of the word that he had in his life posed a threat to the enemy. <laughs> so more words you got, more, the, more there's a war. More there is a fight. More words you get in your life, the more you become a threat to the devil. Terry Minor Jr. said this, the devil doesn't care if you come to church or not. The devil cares about whether or not you get that word in you. Because you can go to church and they can sing great and they can preach little pretty messages. But if you get that word working in you, that's when you become a threat. When you discover who you are in Jesus, when you discover who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, that's when you become a threat. But you're not a threat because you come to church. And just because you pray five minutes a day doesn't make you a threat. When you walk with God and you pray and you seek God and you, your life is a testimony to God, you become a threat. When you're on the job and you shine in light where there's darkness, you become a threat. 
You show up, dark light comes. When you show up, God's holiness comes, and people get convicted, and they, oh, excuse me for cussing. Excuse me for telling the dirty jokes. Excuse me. Oh, because the presence of God is living inside of you. Amen. And it demands respect. It demands authority. It demands uh, attention. Amen. All right, real quick, I, I want to talk about um, that we need to be delivered from evil because Satan is the ruler of this world. That's why we need to be delivered from evil, because Satan is the ruler of this world. There are three wills on the earth. Everybody say three wills. Three There's God's will. There's man's or humanity's will, and there's Satan's will. All right? Uh, there's plenty of scriptures. There, there, there are plenty of scriptures that deal with the will of God, and I'm not going to go into that right now. And there are scriptures that deal with the will of man. But I want to focus in on the will of Satan. We're talking about unmasking Satan, deliver us from evil, or deliver us from the evil one. John 10:10. 10, 10. Let's go there. John 10:10. 10, 10. The will of Satan. Uh, you, you, you can't be friends with the devil. You can't let him in your car. He'll take the will. He'll drive. You can't let him in your bed. He'll get inside of you. We're going to talk about in the series, uh, just give you a heads up. We're going to talk about soul ties. Mm-hmm. Maybe I got quiet on this Pentecostal preacher. Soul ties. What is a soul tie? All right, we'll talk about that later. Um, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Satan has one thing on his mind, that's to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill things that are in your life, and he wants to destroy you. Steal, kill, and destroy. All right, let's go to a scripture, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. And let's look at verse 22, 2 Timothy. Powerful scripture that I've been praying for years and years and years. Um, when my brother was alive, I was praying this for him, one of my brothers. Um, Y'all might, might get a chance to meet my other brother, one of my brothers. I have four brothers. One is home with Jesus. The other three is on the earth. And the one is coming up in January. So he said, I'm taking a week off. I said, you don't come to church. <laughs> and so you get a chance to meet him. Um, verse 22. So flee youthful, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Thank you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. So flee youthful passions or lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, having nothing to do with uh, foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels, quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring what? Evil. Verse 25, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. When you pray for unbeliever, pray for God to grant them repentance. Repentance is a gift. You preached about that earlier this year. Repentance is a gift. So you need to pray God will grant repentance to those who don't believe. Verse 26, and that they may come to their what? Senses. So there's times that people are not in their right minds. Um, there are people who are not in their right minds because of evil spirits. And if you allow the devil to talk to you, you won't be in your right mind. You'll do some stupid stuff. 
You'll steal and you have no business stealing. You'll cuss and you have no business. Come on. That's stupid. That's ignorant. You'll do something contrary to the will of God. The devil will keep you away from church. The devil will keep you away from witnessing. He'll keep your mouth closed. He'll get you so concerned with your job that you think your job is your life. You're more than your job. You're not just working for a paycheck. God is instilling some things in you. He's preparing you for his work. He goes after the person who's busy. Get a job so that you can be busy for the Lord. He calls people who are busy. He doesn't call somebody waiting around praying and say, oh, I'm praying, I'm seeking God. No, he don't call somebody like that. If you're working diligently, naturally, he'll call you off your job and work for him full time. He'll call you to a higher calling. Maybe not to ministry, but in the sense of fivefold ministry, but he'll call you to some, because he's looking for busy people, people who are working. He don't look for people who just sit around praying. That's not a qualification to be a minister of the gospel, 1 Timothy chapter 2. That is not a qualification. 1 Timothy chapter 3. They say nothing about spiritual things. Talking about if you've got your house in order. You know how to manage your house, and you, you, know, you have a good reputation. All that's natural. You see how your natural is part of your spirituality? Stop separating the two. Second Timothy, it talks about verse 26, and they may come to their senses. People who are not serving the Lord, they don't have their senses. They're not in the right mind. They're under the control of the ruler of this world. Anybody who backslides, under the control of the ruler of this world, anyone who's not serving Jesus, they're under the control of the ruler of this world. No, let's take the next one. An escape from the snare of the devil. How many know the devil has snares? He has traps. He has assignments. The devil has assignments. Before you marry the person that God has for you, he'll send a counterfeit. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. He'll send someone that you think you want, and it's the wrong person. Escape from the snare of the devil. Now, if you're married to somebody, don't say he's the devil or she's the devil. No, you you stay with that person. Now you got to deal with it. (laughs) You should have sought the Lord before. (laughs) Don't try to seek the Lord after. Lord, Lord, may I get a divorce? This is not the right person for me. It's too late. You're in covenant. So you got to deal with it. The Bible addresses how to deal with an unbelieving spouse in Peter and Ephesians and Colossians, how to deal with somebody who's not saved. But it's too late. Don't be looking for a way of escape then. If you're married to somebody, that is the will of God right now. But before you get married, if you're single, you better seek God with all your heart. Lord, is he, is he or she the one? God, I, could, I my emotions, because human emotions are stronger, sometimes stronger than the will of God in your life. And he'll speak louder than the voice of God. That's why you need the counsel of the multitude, godly men and women to, to see. Before I met my wife, I had to get the approval of my parents. I had to get the approval of my pastor, my spiritual parents, or spiritual leaders, I should say. I had to get the approval of her parents and the approval of her pastor. I had to get a cloud of witnesses. You want people to testify. This is the person for you. That went over real good. That'll save your life. What do you think, Grandma? What do you think, Auntie? What do you think, Uncle? Oh, I got a little sugar in the tank. Oh, no, no. You better get people old because in love, you be in love. I'm in love. And love will blind you. Lust will blind you. Um, 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 infatuation will blind you where you don't see right. 
And then you get into that covenant and then you see, oh God. I remember one time this, this preacher, he was praying. <laughs> he went to church and he was praying for a godly woman to sing, someone to sing. So he went to the church and, and visited and this woman sung and she sung under, I sung him under the podium. I've been there. Lady, I was working at a Christian bookstore. This lady came in and she opened her mouth and she sung me under the counter. I said, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. I need her in my life. She had me in her dorm listening to Brian McKnight. <laughs> and my friends prayed her out of my life. I was willing to give my virginity up for her because she sung so good. You see, I lose it tonight. <laughs> True story. And she says, you're too holy. She said that. I can't, I can't do that to you. I want it now. I want it now. Said, no, God is with you. I don't want to be with me now. <laughs> Forget about God right now. It's, just, it's taking two hours and it's over. <laughs> Sorry. So they, friends prayed her out of my life. And the Lord had his hand on me. My parents, my mom was praying for me, praying her out. She couldn't touch me. I wanted to touch her. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So this preacher was preaching, and this woman was singing. And so he went back, and, and you know, he came to the church a couple of times, and he met her, and then went out to dinner, and he ended up marrying her. And um, on honeymoon night, they, you know, did whatever, and, and, and it was wonderful. And he woke up the next morning, and she had the makeup off. Um, she, uh, the eyelashes weren't real. Um, I mean, just, she had scars on her face. Um, she was just tore from the floor up. And he closed his eyes. He says, baby, sing, baby, sing, baby, sing. <laughs> true story. That's a true story. He married her for the wrong reason. He married her because of her gift. Don't ever marry somebody for, her, for their gift. Don't marry somebody for their gift. They could be anointed, but you don't know when they're unanointed. You don't know when they're not under the spirit. Come on, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Don't marry somebody because they look good. Um, what, what's, that, what's that song? Um, um, Beauty is only so skin thick. Uh, come on, help me out. Skin deep. It's, it's, it's only because you have a couple babies and it's gone. I mean, I mean, that six-pack can go like that. Come on. You get older, hair can go back. <laughs> I mean, you don't marry somebody the way they look only. I mean, you need to be attracted to them. Like, I just attracted that spirit. The devil is a liar. <laughs> you don't get attracted to somebody because of that spirit. I mean, that spirit, they love God. The bluebirds love God. You going to marry the bluebirds? <laughs> I mean, don't, no, 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 no. Don't marry somebody because they look good. No, because they, oh, they, I love their walk. Oh, really? Really? You just look, look at my walk. You love my walk, too? I mean, like, I mean, don't love somebody because they walk with God. I mean, you got to do more than that. Are you compatible? Are you going in the same direction? Uh, do you have the same call that I have? Can you compliment me? Can I compliment you? Can we support each other? Uh, can you deal with being a, a pastor and not being a millionaire? Uh, can, can you deal with me singing around the world? That's one of the conversations we had. Um, can you deal with um, um, me not having a six-pack right now? I, I get it, baby. I get 
get it. I promise I'm going to get it. Uh, uh, I qualified for nine of the ten, and the tenth one was the six-pack. Uh, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Everybody say, he's working on it. Uh, and, and so, so you got to get more than that. And so don't, don't, don't marry somebody because of the gifts, of the anointing. The anointing draws people. But when they're not anointed, you got to deal with it. Amen. All right, let's continue. It says, um, escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do what? To do what? His will, right? So there is a will of Satan. Satan has a will. And you got to be careful of that will. You got to make sure you're not fulfilling that will. Satan, just like God has a will, just like you have a will, Satan has a will. Satan has a will. Real quick, I, my time is out. Um, the snare of the devil, uh, after being captured by him to do his will, now you, you're either going to serve God or the devil. You're either going to serve. Bob Dylan has a song called, you got to serve somebody. It may be the Lord or it may be the devil. you got to serve somebody. Look it up. It's a great song, got to serve somebody. That's what it's called. Got to serve, G-O-T-T-A, got to serve somebody. you got to serve somebody. Maybe the Lord or maybe the devil. you got to serve somebody. And so you serve God or you serve Satan. Either God is your father or Satan is your father. God is not everybody's father. Contrary to the belief. The song I loved until my dad exposed it and messed it up for me. I grew up listening to the song. I thought it was the best song ever. We are the world. We are the children of today to make a world a better place or whatever. And he says, wait a minute, you're not the world. And we're not all children. <laughs> I was like, me messed up the soul. It ain't every, every artist, every secular artist, what are you talking about? We are not the world. I was had my little cassette. I was like, oh, this is big. This, this is good. It's like gospel, inspiration. No, don't sing that. We are not the world, and we are not all the children. <laughs> so either you're going to, if God is your father or Satan is your father. When you serve yourself, you're serving Satan. When you serve money, you're serving Satan. Matthew actually says, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, actually says that you cannot serve God and mammon, or money. When you serve money, you're serving Satan. You serve God through righteousness, and you serve Satan through sin. So when you sin, you're serving Satan. The devil has his way when you're in, when your flesh rules. And God has his way when your spirit rules. So what are we to be praying for? And we'll do a capture part two next week. Deliver us from evil. How, what, what do we need to be delivered from? From the evil one. That's a prayer. You, deliver me from the evil one. Um, 2 Timothy 4.18 talks about deliver us from evil deeds. Lord, deliver me from evil deeds. God, set a watch over my mouth. Don't let me say anything that is offensive to you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto thee, O God. Oh, deliver me from a foul mouth. Not just profanity, but a foul mouth, a perverse mouth, a mouth that says things contrary to your word. Lord, deliver me from evil deeds. Deliver me from ill will, wishing something evil on somebody. Come on, I'm, that's real. Somebody don't like you, racist. Oh, I, ooh, I wish God. Get him. Get him, God. 45, get him. <laughs> oh, get him, Lord. Sorry. <laughs> All right. This is, this, this is a big one. This is a big one. 
deliver us from. JC said, let his will be done. Lord. Jesus. Terramite going to get y'all. <laughs> All right. So the next part is deliver us from strange women. Proverbs 7. Oh, man. That thing saved my life. I pray that prayer often. And when I pray for my kids, Lord, deliver Destin and Declan from strange women. God, deliver them from strange women. Proverbs 7 talks about this woman. We'll go into next week how she has prepared a bed for him. And how, how she, you know, she doesn't only get the weak, she gets the strong. Some people, I'm strong in the Lord and the power is his might. Oh, she got, she got something. She's assigned to you. Strange woman. Strange woman can come in the form of a man or a woman. Lord, deliver me from strange women and strange men. 2 Thessalonians chapter 4 talks about deliver us, pray for us that we may be, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, you can put that up. It says, let the word of the Lord have free course and reign, be glorified with me, even as it was with you, that's KJV, and deliver us from unreasonable and wicked men. So I pray that, Lord, deliver me from unreasonable, that's men who are not open to the truth, they're prideful, they don't want to hear anything, they're unreasonable. You ever met an unreasonable person? Deliver me from unreasonable men and wicked men. That's a good prayer, right? Paul said, let's go over there real quick. 2 Thessalonians, can you put it on KJV too? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. This is a good prayer to pray. I discovered this as a teenager, and I've been praying, praying for that for years and years and years. 2 Thessalonians Chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, pray for us. This KJV, right? Uh, Finally, brothers and sisters, pray for us. That the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored. It says here, that the word of the Lord may have free course. KJV, look up here. May have free course and be glorified even as was with you. And that we, Paul is praying, telling them to pray for him. That we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. So may the Lord deliver you from unreasonable wicked men. Men and women who have been sent in your life from the enemy to give you hell. Be delivered. Be set free. May you be delivered from strange women and strange women and strange men. Men and women who got ungodly motives towards you. Be delivered. Lord, let, the, let, let their motives be revealed. Reveal their intent. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that let everybody around you, may their motives be revealed to you in Jesus' name. May they slip up and say what's, what's really in their hearts. Reveal every person in your life, whether they're sent from God or from the devil. In the name of Jesus. And right now, I break the assignments of the enemy over your life in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, that the will of the Satan will not be accomplished in your life. May you rise up and do the will of God and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. May you fulfill, do great exploits in his name, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Every person that's in your life, may God reveal their motives. May God reveal their intentions. May God expose their plans. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I've been around a seer. I've been around a seer. Spent one day with the seer and my life changed. One meeting with the seer, everything changes. 
woman of God, everything changes. A man of God, everything changes. Second time, in a short amount of time, I was in the presence of a prophet, a prophetess, an overseer, I mean a seer, and things changed. Went to Philadelphia for three days, and things changed. Went to mom and grandma's house, and things changed. <laughs> Whoa. Everything changes. Amen. So those are things you could pray for. Lord, deliver me from the evil one. Deliver me from evil deeds. Deliver me from strange women, and I add strange men. Deliver me from unreasonable and wicked men. I'm convinced the woman, the reason that why that young lady in that dorm that night that I stayed up to 6 o'clock in the morning over her dorm house, that she, I could not yield to her is because I've been praying, Lord, deliver me from strange women, besides the prayers of my friends and my mom. But I believe because I've been praying that for all these years, she can like give herself to me Amen. because she could sing me under the table. I just like sing, just sing a little bit. And she would sing, and I just oh yield. But thank God I'm delivered. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna stop there because we can go on. Uh, we'll we'll talk some more um, next week, and we'll add whatever I have planned for next week. Um, I forget what's the title. What's the title for next week? Um, and I'll add the rest of this. Yeah. Deception. Next week is deception. The deceived Christian. Mm. You don't want to miss that. What's that? Oh, deception, a major weapon. I'm sorry. <laughs> deception, a major weapon of the enemy. And then in the process, we'll go through um, soul ties, talking about soul ties. And oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for this word. Let's just worship God. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you, Father, for the word of God. I thank you, Father. Deliver us from evil. Thank you, Father, for making us aware that Satan is ruling and reigning in this world. But I thank you that he's not ruling and reigning in us because Jesus is our Lord. He's our master. And I thank you. He's no longer our, Satan is no longer our, our Lord, but now he's our enemy. <clears throat> he's always been our enemy, but now we, he's a defeated foe. And he lives under our feet in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And no longer is he on our shoulders or in our minds or in our souls. He's under our feet. He's a defeated fool. Say, Lord, I thank you for the authority I have in Jesus. I take my rightful place in Christ, and I take authority over the devil. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my head. Get off my body. Get out of my finances. Get out of my feet. In Jesus' name, in my workplace, there shall be peace. In my house, there shall be peace. In my community, there shall be peace. In my church, there shall be peace. Everywhere I go, the Lord is the Lord of my life. He rules and he reigns. He overthrows the enemy works, the enemy's works. I am free from the will of Satan. I am free from the assignments of the enemy. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I shall condemn every tongue that rises against me. For this is my inheritance as a servant and a daughter and son of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Notice the Bible says no weapon, no weapon. They didn't say the weapons weren't formed. That no weapon, there's some weapons been formed, they won't prosper. They won't prosper. They won't prosper. On your job, they won't prosper. They won't prosper. It won't work. It won't work. I just had somebody just yesterday, just yesterday, try to set me up at my job. 
just yesterday. I'm like, I've never had that happen to me at a job. And I said, it, it just won't work. It won't work. You lay me off, I just go full-time ministry. It won't work. It will not work. Oh, sorry. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. We praise you. Let's worship God for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.